Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. 18 minutes away from 9 o'clock. We're here for a little bit longer. 0800 150 is the phone line. It is the Kennard's higher phone line even. We want someone to actually come and get in the sheds with us. Usually you just text in on double eight double three, which is lovely. But give us a call. I'm sure Baz and Izzy would love to talk to you as we do this. In the sheds. With Baz and Izzy. Yeah, Baz and Izzy for breakfast in the sheds. We have a few texts here, Is With the Aussie cricket team always talking about headbutting the line and winning at all costs. Baz, were you surprised about the sandpaper incident in South Africa or could you see something like that brewing for a while? That's Cody. Um, I could see something like that brewing for a while, to be honest. Um... And as it might have happened in, in, in rugby as well, we sort of, you just see a team slightly lose maybe its, its identity. I look at the Australian cricket team of um, the early 2000s in particular and, you know, the greats of the game, the Ricky Ponnings, the Shane Warnes, Glenn McGrath, you know, all of those guys, Matthew Haydens. And you had a team who were genuinely the best team in the world and, and they had a bit of swagger and, and strut about them. But they always found time after that to be able to, have a beer after the game and embrace their opposition. You know, play the game hard on the field, but then, um, you know, interact with the opposition off it. I felt as that South African incident um, started to, uh, just prior to that South African incident, I felt like the Australian team, their performances weren't measuring up to the early 2000s, but there was a little bit more strut and a little bit more swagger, and it was probably slightly unsubstantiated, and I felt it became a little... Um, not authentic to them and and that's why i felt like they were almost on a bit of a, a mission to try and uh just just upset opposition and and i don't think they quite really trusted their own games and and i think it was starting to build towards something and i think you know that the way they carried themselves was was not as good as what it could have been during that stage and it didn't surprise me that an incident like that happened not particularly that incident but the fact that an incident did happen mm. and in the fallout since. Has, have you had something in rugby, mate, like where you've sort of, uh, you know, seen yeah. a team just lose a little yeah. bit of their identity? Um, look, like we spoke about before, the heat of the moment, you, you probably do things that you probably regret post it. Um, but look, there wasn't any big sandpaper gate like kind of scenarios. There is obviously a lot of cheating at the breakdown, cheating in the rucks where the cameras can't see. A lot of things go on behind the scenes. Yeah, a lot of grabbing, holding people down, um, maybe the odd bite or something like that. Yeah, the Aussies and, and Pocock wasn't wasn't bad at, at cheating in the breakdown, so we won't go there. Uh, but no, there wasn't any <laughs> any really big dramas or big things that, that, that blew the, the game into disrepute, you know. So, look, rugby and cricket, totally different, I, I feel. But um, mm. there's a great question here, Bears. Uh, hey, boys, we all know Bears was sipping on a Chardonnay and having a punt before striding out, smashing it. But, <laughs> Izzy, what was your change room? Rituals for the Crusaders and did it differ with the All Blacks? Cheers, PJ and Tamuka. PJ's actually been sending 
quite a few texts, so cheers to that, Pidge. Mm. Uh, look, I try to keep it the same, to be honest. Like, there wasn't, I wasn't too big on pre-game rituals. Um, the only thing that I'd, I'd always do was I'd put my left sock on, my left boot, my right sock on, right boot. But reality is, um, as time went on, I felt like, I felt like having these rituals, bears. you'd probably be the same. Like, when I was going through my middle stages, like 2012 to, to 14 or 2012 to 15, my pre-game ritual was so structured and was so full noise that I found by the time I got to the game, I was so tired and I was so worn out. I'd, I'd just taken my whole focus on making sure that I drank this amount of water, I ate at this time, I wore my compression tights for this amount of time, I stayed in my room. I locked, so I used to lock myself in the room and listen to music for probably about 15 hours before the game. And I felt by the time I got to the game, I'd already played the game and then I was tired throughout the entire match. So it wasn't but until 2015 when I got injured that I actually changed my whole routine. And what did I start doing was actually just being a bit more relaxed about my routine on game day. If people wanted to catch up for a coffee, I'd go catch up with them. I'd, I'd get away from the hotel. I'd relax a lot more. Um, and I found that that helped me keep my energy up. So I wasn't sitting in my dark cave already playing the match in my mind. So when I got to the game, I wasn't burnt out. Did you have any different kind of scenarios like that, mate? Oh, absolutely, mate. And you're spot on. There's the fine line between a routine and it becoming a superstition as mm. well, right? And when it becomes a yeah. superstition, that can be a little a little dangerous because you can't guarantee your performance. So if you're chasing things which try and that you believe help you with your performance, then you're really chasing luck. And we know that luck and hope is not really a strategy. It's sort of, it's more of a, um, it, well, it, it's because you're not totally prepared. And, you know, I think there's a fine line as well between playing the game and being prepared for a game prior to it. And you're spot on. I know Craig McMillan used to talk about often if he thought too much about his game, he'd turn up to a cricket game completely exhausted and he wouldn't be able to just go out there and react mm. to what he was what he was doing. I, sp- I reckon that's particularly the case for instinctive players is. Now, I think there's a, prov- a yeah. layer of structure needed to allow yourself to be ready, but then you need to allow yourself to just play what's in front of you and to live in the moment, or as Gilbert and Oak would say, be where your feet are. And it sounds very much like that was what you were like in your rugby career, and I was certainly like that in my cricket career too, mate. 100%, mate. I was a very instinctive player. So uh, no, that's great, great chat uh, from from ourselves. If you had any questions, give us a text, double eight, double three. We'll try and get them in before the break. Baz? Yep, no, good call, mate. It is 12 minutes to nine. We're in the final throws of our our Thursday before we hand over to the Voice of Sport, which is Ian Smith, who's going to join us shortly for the temper sleep on it. So... Yeah, looking forward to that. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. SNZ. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.